New Year. Eh, it's a little late, frankly, for the Happy New Year's, you know? Why? Just happened a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah, that's too long. That statute of limitations is kind of run out on the New Year's. Three days. Plenty. Three days. By the way, everything doesn't have to be happy. It's us. Season two, bitch. What's up, guys? Welcome back. I'm Colton McCormack. And I'm Joe Cashin. And this is the Certified Wrench Podcast. Today, well, first of all, before I introduce anybody over here, uh, it's season two. Already, man. Kicking Seems like it you off. just got it started and already a, been a whole year now. A whole year and not that many episodes. How's that work? Well, 30 episodes is more than uh, one every two weeks, so... 29 technically i just gave you guys all your welcome and i'm just kidding uh but yeah season two is here upon us uh i had a guest lined out and well not really lined out it was kind of talks um and then he kind of bitched out so we brought on the second choice i guess who is you my name is andy bennett andy bennett and who are you, and uh, why are you on the podcast? Well, I work for uh, Mr. Joe Cashin over here. He started his company, and uh, when he started looking for help, he recruited me, and I'm working for him now. But uh, I've been doing this professionally for about 23, 24 years. Um, really, as a teenager, I worked on farms, and when things broke, you fixed them. So that's where I got my start in turning wrenches and uh, went to tech school, graduated, and worked for CAT. For a couple of years, went from there to a school district and to, to another school district. Joseph over there? Yes. How do you think we should do this? Do you Should we hear about him now? Should we talk about some shit? Then let's get into him and then talk about some other shit. I say we could get right into it, honestly. Yeah. Um, so me and you talked about this before we, uh, yesterday, I guess. We haven't really had a true guest on since Blaine Bowen. And that was November time frame, something like that. Um, so we've kind of been a while, just me, you. I know we had Trent on one time. I know you had your wife on one time. So Yeah, I um, I uh, just totally lost my train of thought. But, um, you know, we talked, talked about, you know, we're going to put an intro on this thing. And I just couldn't figure out an intro. So I think we're just going to do the same thing, but change the music and, you know, do little twerks here and there. But nothing major, just as long as people hear my voice, right? What matters? <laughs> Get something for their ear holes on Monday morning. Yes. So I'm sorry for interrupting you. No, I just good. wanted to make sure we're make sure you're close to the mic, <laughs> and uh, you know, tell us about yourself and like actually how you you got into it. Like, were you, first yeah. of all, were you uh, into this as like a kid? Like, how'd you figure out this is what you wanted to do? It kind of came to me naturally. Um, like I said, uh, when I was a kid, I remember I broke the lawnmower and my dad made me fix it. He kind of showed me somewhat what to do and I fixed it. And, uh, 
you know, we, we didn't have a lot growing up. So when I got a vehicle and it broke, I had to fix it. And I, it always came to me pretty naturally. So, um, like I said, as a teenager working on farms, you know, when things broke, you just, you had to figure it out and fix it. So, um, I really had other interests when I, I went to college, I was going to business classes, but my uh, first semester in college, I lost my dad in a bad car accident, and uh, I just didn't go back. Uh, it was in November, and uh, after that happened, I kind of lost my way for a while, and <clears throat> I ended up going to tech school in Waco, and uh, here we are. <laughs> I'm still doing it. This is supposed to be a happy podcast. Why you got to well, drop that ball? That's why I just kind of skimmed over it. But, I mean, I'm not trying to. <laughs> well, I'm sorry make about it sad, that. But that, that's where, really, I think I was doing well. It was my first semester. I was taking some business classes, and that was the direction I was headed. And and you know, sometimes things happen in life that make you change your way. And and um, like I said, after after I lost my dad, it was early in no- November that year, and. Uh, I just didn't go back. Uh, I had a full scholarship, and I just I walked away and didn't do it. And uh, I don't blame you. You know, my next option was the the tech school in Waco was local to me. I lived not too far from it, so uh, I went there. And uh, I actually went into construction mechanics, and that didn't last long. I went into other things, but um, like I said, it came naturally to me, and I'm still here today doing it. I've worked on a lot of things throughout my career. Uh, you know. I graduated from tech school in 2001, but really I was working on things long before that. So professionally, 22 years, I guess, but uh, really more than like 25, 28 years turning wrenches. And what was your first job out of school, I guess is the best way to put it? I worked for a – well, while I was in school, I worked for the cat dealer in Waco. Okay. And then um, when I left – when I graduated, I got a job with the cat dealer down in Bryan, Texas, (laughs) and I moved down there. Um, that place, I love that job. I loved working on the equipment. Uh, man, they didn't pay. I was making 11 bucks an hour in 2001, 2002. And I found out the higher paid guys in the shop were not even making 20. And I thought, man, I, I may have screwed up here going into this, you know, and you just age yourself like hardcore. <laughs> Do you know how old I was in 2000? You said 2001. I tell him that all the time. Yeah, he tells me I graduated high school in 1998. <laughs> I was a, I was a in seventh grade in 2001. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm the old guy and I've been doing this a while and, uh, that's fine, you know, but, uh, I lost my train of thought here. Oh, sorry. No, that's bad. good. I, anyways, I, I was thinking when I realized what the guys at the cat dealer and Brian were making that maybe I, made a mistake cause I really thought there was more money in, in diesel mechanics than that. So, um, I ended up the school district in college station had an ad in the paper needing a bus mechanic and they were starting pay was like $2 and 50 cents an hour more than I was making. Ooh. And, uh, so I went and applied and it turns out the guy that was over the shop there was an old cat mechanic and, uh, he just liked me right off the bat and he hired me. So I went from there to another school district. I worked on school buses for seven years and all kinds of other school district equipment. And uh, I moved up to Fort Worth and uh, ended up getting a job at the Kenworth dealership and uh, worked on nights there for a long time. Worked my way up to shop foreman. I was kind of working my way up through there, but it's hard to get people to work at night and they didn't want to take me off at nights. I kind of worked myself into a corner. Like I did such a good job that they – they wanted to leave me there, you know? Yeah. And so we had a mobile tech quit and, uh, I just went to the service manager. I said, Hey man, I can't do this night thing anymore. I can't sleep. I'm sometimes going three and four days without sleeping. And, uh, just put me in that mobile truck, get me out of the shop, get me out of here. And, and man, that was probably the best thing I ever did. 
was getting that mobile truck. I took that and I excelled with it. And uh, when uh, they opened a store in South Fort Worth, I actually started that mo- mobile program. They bought a service truck and recruited me to mm. to transfer dealerships. And uh, I brought a lot of my customers with me. I have a really great customer base. These people know me and trust me and, and rely on me. And so uh, that's where I was at when I met Joe. He was working in the shop there. And uh, I watched him quite a bit and I knew he was very sharp and good and I recruited him to uh, come into mobile with me when we had another opening <clears throat> and uh, honestly I can't believe where he's taking it he's he's blown me away with how far he's gone with his career and what he's doing and so when he called me to come work for him it was a no-brainer he definitely uh makes my mantis wet <laughs> <laughs> yeah I've enjoyed it I've it's great working for him like I said we we already had a working relationship yeah. so we know each other and uh it was a natural fit for me. Um, you know, when he calls like Monday morning, we'll talk and I'll be like, you know, what do we got? Well, we got this, this, and this, what do you want to do? Oh, well, I'll take this. If you'll take that. Okay. You know, and that's how it is. We don't, you know, there's no tension. We know how we both work and, and. So I don't don't mean to cut in here, but I actually just have a great thought here and I just want to know your input on it. But you said you were at the dealership when you left to go work for Joe, right? Well, where were you? No, I did leave the dealership and I went to a, a fleet. Oh, okay, so you weren't working for a dealer. No, where? So you were working for a fleet. Were you getting like benefits and all that stuff through them? Yes, uh, the benefits were almost identical to the, the dealership. Honestly, uh, pretty good benefits, but you know. Uh, so, the reason I'm getting at this is like nothing against Joe over here, but how how is how did that feel like? Were you afraid a little bit to go from a you know a good what's the word I'm looking for uh, a job with benefits security. And all security there you go to the the guy that's just starting out no benefits nothing like that was it like a, oh I don't know am no. I making a mistake honestly not sorry um, Joe it's all right <laughs> I do the same thing because you know pay-wise, one thing that we worked out was he compensated for those benefits with my hourly pay. Um, And then another thing is if you really think about how much you pay for insurance through your company and how often you go to the doctor, unless you have small children, at my age, my youngest is 16. Okay. And, and, you know, my oldest is 25. I've got five kids. Um, I'm diabetic, but I go to the doctor twice a year. My diabetes is very well controlled. I don't take insulin. I pretty much do it with diet. I do take metformin, but Honestly, I go to the doctor twice a year and I get labs drawn. So I figured up the cost of what I'm paying out of pocket for that versus what I was paying for insurance, and I'm way better off. Yeah, yeah. I, I, could, see, I could definitely see that. I just I kind of was curious because I know when I left the dealer to go work for this other, their benefits, they had benefits, but they were just outrageous, so I didn't yeah. get them. Well, and that's why I haven't. It's like, crap. Just quite yet, I haven't gone into offering benefits because I can offer that. But the way I look at it is it's going to cost, you know, like you just said, it's going to cost a a lot out of your paycheck. Mm -hmm. Um, It's something I'm looking at as I grow uh, to add a lot more of those competitive, uh, you know, something that offers a competitive, um, stays competitive with other people's offers. I already told you, Joe, I'm not coming to work for you. (laughs) You know, I have the 45th truck, right? (laughs) Yes. 45. Call it four or five. Yep. I think here's another thing that a lot of people don't realize about the doctor, but if you go to the doctor and just tell them you're paying cash out of pocket, it's usually cheaper. When I was on the healthcare with the dealership and with uh, the fleet, 
I would go to the doctor and it would cost me $175 out of pocket because it was a high deductible plan. Yeah. Right. Well, I went to the doctor, uh, not long after I took my daughter to the doctor, she got sick and I said, Hey, we don't have insurance anymore. It's just out of pocket. And they're like, Oh, it's 130 bucks. I'm like, well, wait a minute. Why was it more expensive when I had insurance? Because you know, that's just uh, the the way it works. Paperwork filing. Well, it it made me a little angry, <laughs> and uh, I was like, well, you know what? I'm just gonna stick with what I got and pay out of pocket because, yeah, I had to pay another 150 bucks for something she needed, but still, if you in the long run, no more than we're gonna go to the doctor, I'm still paying less. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I kind of just took derailed the whole show yeah, there. This is not an um, podcast, right? No, I, I, it's I love hearing about this stuff because I like to know what's going through people's heads when they want to jump ship. You know, well, and it it was challenging me, uh, challenging for me to kind of try and recruit people because if I'm doing it myself, it's the risk that I'm willing to take. Mm-hmm. But then I gotta, it is a risk you got to ask uh, somebody to kind of meet with you a yeah. little bit. But like he said, I mean, I've um. I've tried to be reasonable with what I have made offers to people to compensate for that. So the first one fell through, but that dude, I think he got real lucky based on, um, based on all my previous experience. I don't think a dealership would do that to just about anyone else unless it was under the, the circumstances that actually happened. But, um, yeah, no, we'll, we'll go back real quick, but this is something that Andy just kind of made me think of when he said he got the job at the, at the school district, working with a old guy who kind of, um, who, who showed you a lot of stuff that kind of reminded me it really, you brought it kind of almost full circle when, uh, when you were working at the dealership in the service truck is out is at the same time that I was working in the shop and you kind of did the same thing. You'd come around and, Hey, what are you looking at? You know, have you checked this and kind of go through, that's one thing that really piqued my interest and in wanting to get in the service truck. So I think I told you that Colton, but um, yeah, I really attribute Andy the, the reason why I ever ended up in a service truck in the first place. Yeah, I, I would do that when it got slow. I'd walk through the shop and, you know, some of the younger guys, I'd be like, Hey, what are you looking at? What can I help you? You know, yep. can I give you a pointer? Can I help you? And, and uh, I never really put too much thought into it until he started talking about it. I'm like, well, I, you know, I don't know that I had a lot of people do that for me, but you know, when I was young, I just needed help. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And I like to do that as well. I think that's real important for our industry, especially when, uh, you know, we don't have a ton of new guys always, uh, at least at the dealership, we would have new faces, but they weren't always young or kind of in starting into their career. Mm -hmm. So sometimes when you do get the guy who's a, a green rookie, if he will take even the slightest bit of advice from you, like kind of feed into that and, and actually put some effort into it. Cause you never know where it's going to go. Right. You know, that kind of reminds me of, uh, you remember that service call we were on down there in, uh, oh, I guess it was somewhere down south, but we were both working on the, on the same yard and you took that truck out for that, um, on a pack car, the MX, (laughs) whenever you have to do a D rate, uh, you have to clear the D rate a certain way and they make you do a test drive and it has to see all these certain conditions on the SCR. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, we were working at the at the same yard, and for whatever reason, I ran back to the dealership to get some parts. And uh, I remember Andy took a truck to do that D-rate clear, and he was gone for 30 or 40 minutes, and somehow, like, it just had to work out perfectly. I decided I'd stop at the gas station, you know, went in, took a piss, and came back out. And 
I hop back on the road and I pull up right behind this truck that looked like the truck I was just working on. Well, it was actually Andy and he had just exited off the highway and he had fuel just pissing out of the fuel tank. And somehow I was right behind him. So I start blaring on my horn. I'm like pointing at him. I called him. I said, Hey, pull into this gas station. I pulled into the auto zone. Oh, auto zone. Yeah. yeah. I got some rags. We stuck something had punctured that fuel tank and it was was like a perfect circle. And, uh, so he held rags on the, on the fuel tank. I ran back to the yard we were working on and I got a, um, 55 gallon drum. Yeah. A bucket, a big old drum. I got two of them. We drained that whole fuel tank in an auto zone parking lot, but we had a couple of those. Um, you know, we weren't always, like I said, we worked previously before and we weren't always, um, at the same yard at the same time. I mean, truck, truck mobile service is a little different. And uh, especially for a dealership, we're not always, uh, I don't know that we ever had really residents. Sometimes we'd have a, uh, you know, somebody who was stationed somewhere and they wouldn't even have a service truck. They'd just go. Well, the service yeah. manager wanted to have residents at places, yeah. but he never could get them to hammer out the details. He wanted one out in Stephenville, but. Oh, the dairy farm. Yeah, we had, well, yeah, we had a couple guys out there, but they just seemed like they never lasted. No. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, so we were, uh, kind of the only two who kind of ran around and did stuff. So it was always passing one thing, you know, do this one, I'll do that one. But that was a story that we had that <laughs> yeah, yeah could have, um, drained, uh, like a hundred gallons of diesel along the freeway. And luckily we caught it just in time. Yeah. The, I don't, I haven't had anything happen in the past few weeks. I've been pretty lucky it's bad idea to say that knock on wood uh nothing crazy it's been pretty boring at work to be honest with you well like we uh you know the holiday blues or whatever you want to call it i still got them yeah i was gonna say you posted on instagram or did something on there you said this is the longest month this week or something oh yeah this has been the longest month this week Yeah. yeah that was really true because i looked at um i looked at I thought for sure this was the second work I've been ba- or the second week I've been back to work since the holidays, <laughs> and I realized it's only been five days, and I'm like, oh my goodness! This so, is- did you want to share your little bit of story, or you want to wait for the other podcast for that? We can do it on this one. Well, because we, we yeah. kind of need to talk about the holidays, but yeah, how I, were your holidays? Let's start with that. Uh, I had a really good Christmas, man. I'm usually not big on Christmas or anything like that, and uh, t- this year was like the first. I wouldn't say the first real Christmas with my kid, but um, it's been a while since I've gotten him for Christmas, and so we went all out and went crazy on Christmas, and it was uh, pretty good. He got that D11 dozer. I say, yeah, I saw that. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, and I can't, it, <laughs> I can't wait till my boys are old enough because right now they build Legos, but they destroy them after about five seconds. So yeah, it says on there eighteen plus. Yeah, for age, and. Not going to lie, I, I helped him, and I'm, like, sitting there looking at the directions, like, this is, huh? <laughs> you know? But he built it in, I think, all together, time-wise, maybe 10 or 11 hours. That's awesome. Wow. Is that the one that has the motors in there and everything? It's got motors. You have an app on your phone, and you can control it. Nice. That's the only part I don't like about it, though, is it's, I think, only for iPhone. I can't remember if it's Android, too, but... If you update your phone and the app's not compatible yet, they have to update the app. You can't drive it. Bummer. So, but yeah, it was, it was good. My wife got me this beauty right here, this uh, SMB7, or SM7B Sure microphone. 
it's uh, been something I wanted for a long time, but just I didn't feel like spending that amount of money. So she surprised me with it, and at first I was like, you bitch, because that's a lot of money. <laughs> well, it wasn't the Milwaukee Impact, because... Yeah, I was kind of upset about... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, and then she got me this fancy little stream deck that makes my life a hell of a lot easier on the computer. It's amazing. But yeah, it was good. And New Year's, I didn't do shit. I went to Oklahoma New Year's Eve and came back and passed out at 10 o'clock. So how about you? I had a, uh <laughs> interesting... Um, so the, the story goes that... Um, a little bit of the backstory... I have a large family. I have eight brothers and sisters total. Um, so most of them are married at this point. So we have a bunch of in-laws on either side, on, on my family at least. So kind of the, the rule around the house is um, everybody usually goes and visits their in-laws. And then we have a cash and family Christmas and we all try and get together. Um, so we've been doing that for the past three years now. And usually we get a, a cabin somewhere. Uh, we've been going to Oklahoma and it's not too far. You know, it's a two or three hour drive to get up there. We spend the week together. We all come back and usually we've had enough of each other by about the first couple of days. And then the third and fourth and fifth day are pretty good. But, um, yeah, this year we had a couple of change of plans and we decided we were going to go to Colorado. So being that we have a large family, we looked at, um, you know, flying up there. We have, everybody has young kids in my family. I have two boys, three and one, and then my sister has a bunch of young kids. So we have like all this stuff that is not easily checked on an airplane, uh, you know, strollers and all this other stuff. So we decided me and my brother-in-law were going to drive a vehicle up there so we could take all the kind of cumbersome l luggage and, um, and we could have a car there already. We wouldn't have to rent another car while, while we were there. And, um, he, we had a, a van that we were going to take and some things fell through and we ended up taking his dad's suburban. Well, we get up there and the first day is great. Um, we got there a little bit early because we were supposed to be there when my wife and his wife landed and their flights are early in the morning. And I don't know about your wife, but my wife can't be anywhere on time to save her life. What? And you're uh, saying a woman yeah. can't be on time. No, So I, um, I tried not to give her a hard time, but I'm like, look, you should, you know, whatever you gotta do. I know it's an early flight. I know you got the boys. Like if you need to stay up all night, that'd be better than missing your flight. Well, I'm in Colorado already, and I get a phone call, and she goes, I'm about to miss my flight. I'm standing in TSA, and it's an hour long, and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh, great. Like DFW? Yes. Yes, that is the worst freaking airport. Well, usually, if you go at the right time, you can go through in about 20 minutes. Yeah. But I guess they went at the perfect time uh, the day after Christmas, and um, everybody was trying to get through the TSA at the time. I guess well, it, it depends on the terminal, too, because I've yeah. been stuck in there and almost missed my flight well, before. Yeah, my parents went through a different terminal, and they were in, in like five minutes. Yeah. And then they were standing there in line and waiting. Sorry. Anyways, to get back to the story, they uh, they ended up talking to a, a guy there at TSA, and he's like, oh, just go through the preferred line. Just pretend like you didn't know any better. So they go <laughs> through the preferred line. They get on their flight. They make it there. Um, so everybody makes it to Colorado. We get up and, uh, get checked into our cabin and 
you know, 14 people, I think, is the total we had in that cabin. It's a lot of people, even for a big cabin like that. And uh, someone came down with some sort of stomach bug because the first night we were there, I woke up and um, I told myself in my head, I'm like, I don't know what this is, but it's not a fart, and I'm not, <laughs> I'm not about to do this in in somebody else's cabin bed. So I got out, and oh, I'm feeling like I got food poisoning or something, and uh, yeah. Then, so me and one other person were sick that first day, and then the second day it turned into three more people being sick, and then the fourth day it turned into. <laughs> so by the end of it, everybody had uh, been sick except for my youngest son. He was the only one that made it out without squirting out of both ends there what do they call it the double-headed dragon yeah, so nice. <laughs> and luckily the the cabin we were staying in had three bathrooms and uh everyone was able to there weren't were no messes made we'll put it that way um but so everyone's kind of getting back to feeling better the day before we're about to leave um and it, it wasn't just like oh you don't feel good you know vomiting and everything else it was you had everyone was pretty much sick for a whole day so like any plans we had got all thrown out the window and um anyways i'm running to the store with my dad and we're in the uh in the suburban there i forgot to mention this too the second day <laughs> it snowed like a foot of snow and um the cabin they're like oh we're sending a snow plow out to uh plow your driveway so y'all can get out and go do stuff and i'm like well everybody's sick I don't know if we can do anything, but we'd appreciate not being snowed in if we do have to go run up anywhere. And uh, they said, well, the snowplow, the guy who had it, his truck broke down, so he won't be there. <laughs> so then a guy shows up about 5 p.m., or it was about 4.30 maybe, right as it's about to get dark, and uh, he plows the driveway and, you know, all right, well, we're not we're not stuck here for the week. We got out and... Um, me and my dad took that borrowed Suburban up to the store and we're coming back and I hit a, I hit a couple of places. I wasn't sure if it was ice and, um, I'm like, that's weird. I turned off the traction control and they had a, co a stability link on the Suburban. There was one more called uh, grade braking. So it would automatically break on a grade. Huh. It just has all these features that are kind of just, you know, try to drive the car for you. So I turned them all off and, um, there was a couple of times where you would just step on it and it didn't seem to go. And so after I disabled everything, I figured we we're good. We're coming back and I'm on a, I'm on a incline or a decline, I guess sitting at a stoplight, it turns green and I push the gas and this thing has no pool. So we're in a borrowed suburban in another state and the transmission temperature <laughs> is reading 250 degrees and uh, won't pull. And I, glided into a parking lot and sit there and I'm like, man, this is one of those weeks where you want to say what else could go wrong. But at the same time, it's like, I'm not going to ask because then something <laughs> worse will go wrong. So we managed to get a tow truck, get it over to a dealership and they get to looking at it and they said it needs a new transmission. So a borrowed vehicle turns into a, in another state needing a transmission, just all kinds of fun stuff. So I told my wife, I said, um, you know, this is why I don't take vacations because then, I, like, if I'm home, I can fix things or I can I can deal with things as they come up. But when you're on vacation and stuff goes wrong, it's just like you feel like you double wasted your money or your time or, you know, whatever. So Yeah, and what do you do about the transmission because you 
borrowed yeah. it. Well, luckily they had a um, third-party warranty, so we'll see how that works. But uh, I know some of those warranty companies kind of uh, don't like to fix things. Kind of like health insurance. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, pay for this, and when you need it, it won't be there. But yeah, that was just kind of a whole uh, a whole mess. I know you were talking about saving it for your other podcast, but I figured we'd get it out here. When when you get a couple of, uh, well, I don't know if you want me to be on that one either, but if you do an episode or however you plan to, to do your new podcast, I know that's kind of TB, uh, not announced yet, right? Not announced yet, because I'm trying to figure out how, how I want to do it. We don't need to talk about it on this episode or on this podcast, because people are going to be like, this is stupid. Uh, podcast about a podcast yes a podcast about podcast it's gonna be a fun fun podcast though so we'll talk about something else yeah uh that was my eventful week and then of course we try and rent a vehicle to get home and um they said there's no one way we can't rent a a suburban or a minivan suv one way out of colorado right now Mm -hmm. they said it's only in town return to colorado so we had to get a little uh sedan drive it back i did 90 all the way back i should've. said i'm getting back to texas as fast as i can <laughs> you should have just got a uh, a u-haul because you can take them one way yeah well i looked at that too but it was a saturday evening and it was uh or it was a friday night into a saturday and then it was going to be new year's and i'm just like i just want to get something i can get out of here so made it work you kind of gotta uh be a little bit um quick on your feet with some of those things it's like uh you could sit here and play patty cake and figure it out but it's like sometimes you just got to make decisions and hope it's right and deal with the consequences later but that was a a vacation that wasn't really a vacation so I was kind of looking forward to getting back to work but this week has I've had work but it's kind of just drug out like I said it felt like a really long week this week yes so I've kind of been slow about certain things and not in a hurry to get things done. It, it'll it get fixed when it gets fixed. I'm not trying to run around and work 14 hours this week a day. But Yeah, I that TikTok I shared yesterday of the fitting, the flat oh, face yeah. fitting, I drove around. So I got there about 8.39-ish, got it off. I had to go put it back on the machine because I couldn't get nobody to, they didn't have the correct fittings because it's size 24. I got it back on and running at two (laughs) o'clock. That's how much driving around I did yesterday. It's just. And you didn't even find the right one. Exactly. So we ended up, because we were going to order it through the dealer. That's what I was going to say. Deer didn't even have them. No, they didn't have them. They didn't have the fittings. And so, of course, Deer's like, oh, it's going to be six days out. So he pulled some strings and it's going to be here a little bit sooner, but do you hate that machine yet? It's that's the one you inspected too, right? No, no, this is a different one. You didn't catch that on the (laughs) (laughs) pre-purchase. No, we, uh, that was something that we kind of bought through pictures just because it was so far away. It was all the way down by Mexico. Some people know how to take strategic pictures too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, and I mean, you can't see it. If you open the door, it's not obvious, but, Anyway, it, it's yeah, one of those four o'clock on a Friday fixes, and I still had to go to another machine, so I'm like, God damn it! Um, but yeah, it's just it was one of those weeks, like it just it drug on, nothing went right, or 
everything i worked on five machines one day and didn't fix any of them you know how to get parts or uh. speaking of uh used machines and buying used machines uh are y'all still running into kind of supply issues with new machines is that why y'all bought those originally yeah we uh bought five machines used this year are the new ones kind of coming back now being available or as far as i know the boss said the other day that i think we're gonna get two of the new deer the newest deer excavators they're like a p series p series p model um we're gonna try those i guess it's because deer is no longer partnered with hitachi did you hear that you're making the springs vibrate <laughs> my bad i won't touch the um <laughs> They're no longer partner with Hitachi, so deer is their own thing now. So we're going to try out one of these new deer machines, or two of them. I guess we'll see. But, yeah, supply chain, definitely, we saw that effect this year. Because I've, I've had a lot of customers tell me that they placed orders for trucks and were kind of falling behind or didn't know when they could get one. And then here recently in, like, the last couple of weeks, I've just seen – I'm on a lot of Facebook pages on different stuff, and I've seen so many brand new trucks listed for sale, and a lot of them are the uh, kind of the W900s, the fancier trucks, not a fleet truck, and um, I think a lot of people ordered these things, and then now that things are kind of slowing down a little bit, they kind of backed out of their orders, Yeah. but I'm almost wondering if there's going to be a, a lot of new machines or trucks available here, re- here coming shortly. So... Did you hear this bullshit in California that just About went the into 2013s? 2010s or newer? Is it 2012? Okay, because I knew at one point in time, I think it was two years ago, they anything 06 and back you had to sell. Yeah, and then well, it was anything 08. And every year they're stepping it up newer. Yeah, it's 2010 now. Yeah. Um, I was My brother watching told it. me they made it 13. Yeah, well, they might have changed it. Maybe it. next year. Right. I don't know, but I know that they had an incremental step. So yeah. every year you lose the ability you can't re-register it yeah uh i something about this year is just way different i don't well, know i, I was watching the news a couple of years this one but honestly i don't know all the details but i just think that's ridiculous it's going to be like i feel like they're going to come to this as well where they're trying to do you know um everybody's going all evs and then like in five more years how if everyone's not ready are they just going to be like psych we weren't ready for it or is everything gonna just suddenly work under all evs but there's a there was an article i saw it said the i think it's like the ceo of toyota or something was saying he was skeptical of being a full ev auto industry by 2030 or whatever they're trying to push for it doesn't make a lot of sense to me to uh i mean i guess at a certain point you got to make certain requirements but Whenever there's not really, I mean, look at California already. They already turned off and and told people they couldn't charge their che- their Teslas. Yeah, no, their it's, it's, they're not helping anything. It's pointless. Well, they want you to go EV, but they don't want to look at the other side of it. <clears throat> how much mining has to be done to make those batteries, and how much electricity you have to make to charge those batteries, and yep. you know, they just want from they just want you to have an electric car. But and and the, the average person doesn't realize how much goes into the building of a electric car, you know, you, you actually have a lot more emissions involved in the manufacture of a single yeah, exactly. than you do a diesel pickup, for example. Yeah. So really and truly they're not, they're, they're worse than me and my deleted pickup. You know, people, uh, a lot of times 
they don't see the attached effect. They only see the immediate effect. So they say, I don't have to put gas in here. It doesn't run a gasoline motor. Hydro, you know, hydrocarbons are the uh, internal combustion pollution that's produced. But you don't see everything else that's attached yeah, to it. What about the brakes and the or tires? The supply chain. There was a video of Jeremy Clarkson from Top Gear, and oh, he was yeah. talking about the Prius back. Uh, it was it was an older video, but he was talking about it, and that dude's hilarious. Mm. Um, he was just kind of ragging on them. But yeah, it may come around. We may all be a. Uh, you may have all EV uh, service truck. Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> Harley. Yeah. They. I've seen a couple of machines that they're talking about are EV or some sort of hybrid, and I just don't understand. Um, it. It'll be either a learning curve for everybody who has to adapt to it, or it'll be a, a expensive learning mistake for the manufacturers who jump in and try and push this. Yeah. I was just gonna say. Uh, I haven't read the article yet, but my boss literally sent me a article this morning. Uh, John Deere is making an electric uh, excavator. So you're going to need a big old charger. Yeah. I'm going to carry so around a generator. How long is that going to run on a battery? Fuck if I know. What is the, is it, wh- who has the skid steers that are electric? Bobcat. Bobcat? Yeah. It's like less than eight hours runtime, yeah. but like 12 hours charge time. Yeah. That was the one that Probably I had twice seen. Twice as expensive. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and I saw JCB had a, a mini excavator that was a battery only, and some dude came up. It was a, I knew it had it had to be somewhere foreign. The guy had this real thick accent, but he's talking about how they have it on a job site and it's charging off a diesel generator, mm-hmm. and he's like, "We're charging it so that we can use it for another two hours because this thing died so quick." And of course, the the rated time that they're always going to give you is never going to be. I mean, how many cars get the efficiency that they say they should mm-hmm. get, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then how many? Uh, you know, this may get you eight hours of work time until you actually use it, like it's yeah. supposed put to. Yeah. Put, put a bunch of load on it. Yeah. Or a bucket with dirt. With an operator work. who thinks that they can lift the world with it, and it's yeah. just you have thirty minutes of charge left, and it's just the beginning of the day. <laughs> oh, man. Excited about Connex Expo. I, dude, I haven't even booked my shit no. for it. I hope it's not too late. Yeah. I just still recovering from Christmas, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, I mean, hopefully I can make it work out. You'll see all those new electric vehicles there. Yeah. I am going to get a portable. If I do go, I'm going to get a portable recorder and hopefully do an episode just out there. Put a mic in like everybody's face and just say, give me an excerpt. I got that yeah. shotgun mic right yeah. there. Just can walk up to him and. Just get some where is Aaron Witt? Yeah. Do you guys know where Aaron Witt is? <laughs> That's your buddy there, yeah. huh? Uh, so do we want to talk tools on today's episode? I don't got nothing new to say about tools. They I haven't all... bought any tools. The uh, only tool story I would have is when my tools got stolen, and he knows oh, about yeah. that. Like recently? No, no this was at the oh, dealership. Yeah. Oh, well, we always <laughs> like hearing good stories. Well, so at the dealership, they, they wouldn't let us take our uh, – uh, service trucks home. Oh, we used to, and then they put cameras in them, and then someone said, got a DUI. Yeah, and so they made it so that you had to take it back at night, no matter what. Mm. So, anyways, uh, they bought me a brand new F three fifty eleven foot. I don't remember what body was on that bed, but pretty nice truck. It was had a crane on it, and uh, I wasn't in it very long at all. And uh, I come in on a Monday morning, and all my doors are open. Mm. And uh, they didn't break into the cab. I guess they saw the camera on the dash because we had the drive cams that faced both directions. So, uh, you know, I've been doing this a long time, and I have a, a lot of tools. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I just about sat on the ground and cried. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
Didn't they take your bolt bin too? Oh, they took everything. Yeah, they took literally <laughs> everything. Jesus. And uh, they the only thing they didn't take they so I had a bunch of inventory. I had probably ten thousand dollars worth of inventory for parts that I used the most. Mm-hmm. They busted those doors open and they're like, oh, we don't want that. Yeah, that's you know, dope. they just want the tools. So I go in and and I meet with the service manager and and man, he could be a real ass about things sometimes. Like he had no sympathy. He didn't really care. Uh-huh. And we had cameras outside, but they were so cheap that they couldn't see anything. So he goes, well, the insurance company said that they'll only pay for any tools that you had a receipt for. And I thought, here's a fun fact about Andy. Yeah. For whatever reason, since I've been doing this, I always had a drawer in my toolbox that I threw my receipts in. And when I got it full, I took it home and put it in a filing cabinet. (laughs) So I came into work the next day with a a stack of receipts, literally a foot tall or more. Snap-on, Cornwell, Matco, Napa, O'Reilly's. It didn't matter. If I bought a part, a tool, I had a receipt for it. So Mm. I walked into his office and said, here's my tool receipts. Oh, man. He literally looked at me and went, what the fuck? I was like, you said I had to have receipts. So then they start sending receipts to the insurance company, and then the phone rings, and this guy goes, hey, stop sending us receipts. If he said he had it, we'll buy it. So I, uh, I well, and they, they told you don't, uh, this was another cool thing. They said, don't buy everything from what you had. They said, just go to one place, buy everything. and We'll cut one check to one company. Yeah. So I got on the Cornwell truck and, uh, man, I just got the catalog and said, I had that, I had that, I had that. And just, I didn't have this, but I did. Yeah. <laughs> Damn so it. I keep hitting the table. I ended up, I mean, he did. My Cornwall guy, he's a real good guy, and he always took care of me, and he took care of the company. He literally went in and and special priced all the tools to, like, he didn't make much off of it. Yeah. He really took care of them. So they ended up spending close to a hundred grand on tools for me, and that was when they were marked down to just barely above his cost. Mm-hmm. So it was crazy. I, had, I, had, I don't think I have the pictures anymore, but I had pictures of just a pile of tools all still in the cell. That's cellar. awesome. Was, that, that was a good feeling. Yeah, I want to <laughs> see that picture. Uh I yeah I know so my first job, we had two two split shops. We had the office and two bays on one side. I worked in automotive. If you didn't right. know that. Um, and then the other shop had a bunch of room and it had three lifts in it. But um, that shop burned down, and I had just moved out of that shop into the main shop because my boss really wanted me to focus on things and like he wanted to work with me, which I was grateful for. And like literally two weeks later, that freaking shop burns down. And they, those people didn't even bat an eye. They were like, okay, you know, this is your, your tools that you say you had. They cut a check to the guy that lost all his tools, wow. like 90 grand. And, uh, yeah, that, that shit amazes me. But if you wreck your car, man, they're like, oh, well, nickel and dime. Who's oh, all, yeah. are you sure? <laughs> but yeah, they, there was they, a, that scratch was on there already. We're not fixing that. <laughs> yeah. That's, so, but I, same thing happened to Skeeter, but you heard how, yeah, Hard. I was going to say, you need to hook me up with Skeeter because that guy sounds just like me. Barbecue, he loves to barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> got his tools. I mean, I, I listened to that podcast, and I was like, man, I could be a drinking buddy with that guy. Yeah, Skeeter's a good dude. I ran into him recently, a couple weeks ago, and uh, on a job site and sat there and bullshitted with him. My my wife is his boss. Okay. So I get to hear. You hang that over him a little bit? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> no, I hang it over her because, like, this is your your god tech right here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't got nothing new about tools. Yeah, I spoke about it in the bonus episode. I bought some tools. Like, I bought this little 14-4 die grinder straight. 
I've been using the shit out of that thing. Yeah. I was like, that thing's going to sit in my truck. I ain't going to touch it. Man, I used it today at the ranch. <laughs> but no, nothing new about tools. But except for my Snap-on guy hasn't showed up in the past two weeks. And, he's gonna, and you owe him money now. He's going to, he, well, yeah. And he's going to be like, well, I need those, those payments. Oh, yeah. They always want the back payments when they don't show up. You kiss my ass. <laughs> I'll pay you when you're here. Does he, uh, do you usually get to see him pretty regularly? If I don't get to see him at the shop, like if I'm out and about, he'll call me. Yeah. Which I, I respect that. And I, I like that. You know, a lot of guys won't, won't call you and be like, hey, you're late on your payments. Like, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had, um, being in mobile service, you never know when you're going to be where. Exactly. So the guys would show up at the shop, whether it was the dealership or the last place I worked, and I wouldn't hear from them forever. And I, you know, Andy was talking about he got, he went to the Cornwall guy. Mm-hmm. That Cornwall guy was the best Cornwall guy. He was the best tool guy, one of the best, I think. That I've ever had. Yes. Was he in Fort Worth? Yeah, but he doesn't go to your direction, I don't think. No, back in the day when I worked at the deer dealer, I think. Yeah. maybe oh, you the probably same had Bruce. Yeah. Oh, no, no. no. This, this fellow's name was Terry. No. Terry? No. Um, anyway, I'm not but, trying to spread well, names on Cornwall. Yeah. <laughs> the um, But it was, uh, I would use him because I actually liked him and he actually worked with me. So not that I had, you know, some love for Cornwall, but I bought a, ton of cornwall stuff because of my tool dealer yep and the the way they service and you know customer service they provide to you goes a long way so i've had times when i had a good snap-on guy and i liked him and i bought stuff from him but if you if you're a tool dealer and you don't call me whenever you know i order something and it shows up and i never knew you had it it's like i'm not gonna buy from you again so like kind of work with me and i'll work with you but not I haven't had a tool. I haven't had honestly since I was at the uh, independent shop. I haven't had a good tool dealer since then. I that's my tool dealer. He's not the best. Like it, I tried to buy a scanner from him, or we bought a scanner from him, and I kept asking that was him questions. Your, like, Twelve thousand dollar one. Yeah, the real expensive one. And he, I'm like, hey, does this thing do demo mode? Do, I need to hook it to this truck and check it and all this stuff. And he's like, well, it's got this connector. <laughs> you know, he didn't know shit about it. I've ended up figuring it out, but no, he's he's good about calling, texting. If I got something on order, he drops it. You know, I say, hey, drop it with Ed, which is my welder, my welder guy. He's a, he's a good dude. Ed, I know you listen. You're my favorite. <laughs> um, Not Steve. Steve, he's on my shit list right now because he was supposed to be on the podcast, and uh, oh well, he, he yeah, he had other obligations. Mm-hmm. That's what happens when you're married. <laughs> I wish I had a whip sound, but uh, but no, I that's why I have so many Mac tools is because when I worked for the deer dealer here, uh, my buddy, he, one of these days he's going to come on the podcast. He keeps saying he's going to, but he he treated me so good. You know, I'd buy, I'd put, make all my payments on time, and every so often he'd be like, here, throw me a tool for free, you know, or he was just always good about that shit. And if I was good, you know, keeping up my payments and stuff, he would take care of me. And I always, I, I loved that. And then he got out of a truck. Well, I left and now he's not in a truck no more. He's a rep or something. Well, that was why I went with Cornwell because it was like he said, he always took such good care of us. And uh, I still deal with him to this day. If I need something, I can call him up, you know. Uh-huh. And and when I, when I went on his truck the first time, I said, look, I can pay you 50 bucks a week. If my balance gets too high, cut me off, but I'm not paying you more than 50 bucks a week. He said, okay. (laughs) And I never looked at my balance. He would give me my receipt and I throw it in my toolbox. And then 
one day I would get on the truck and be like, man, how much do I owe you? And he would be like, oh, you're up to like 5,500 bucks. I'm like, dude, don't, don't let me do that. <laughs> he goes, you pay 50 bucks a week, you can get whatever you want. Jeez. And so I would say, look, don't let me buy anything else till I'm at like 200 bucks, <laughs> you know? And I'd pay him down, then I would buy more stuff. Yeah, and he never the next week, wait, I need this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, and the, or he, he always had good deals. Like he would give you a good price on something and then like throw something in for free or something like that. And you're like, uh-huh. Man, I wish you'd quit doing that, you know. Then you're going to keep buying stuff. I always just told him, you know, take 50 bucks a week on my card unless I tell you not to. Mm-hmm. And, man, he would let me. If I was in a bind and I needed a $2,000 tool, he would just give it to me. Here you go. I'll put it on your account. Okay. Kind of a change of topic, but um, I was listening to a podcast with my brother-in-law who's a tow truck driver, and they uh, their podcast was talking about, obviously, the issues they have in their industry. But this is something I haven't really ever heard discussed. Um, but have you ever had a job that would let you wear shorts? Mm-hmm. Uh, would you prefer to wear shorts? No. Especially in, you know, hot Texas. Yeah, my first boss, that's all he wore was shorts yeah. and boots, steel toe boots, like yeah. lace-ups. And he always told me, you know, you can. I don't care because he's like, I prefer it. But. I don't know why I just couldn't. I can't. This guy was going on and on about how hot pants are, and it you know he w- he lived in Georgia, I guess, and he was saying it's you know so humid and you can get heat stroke and all this. I'm like, I don't know about you, but I'd rather wear pants and be hot than to wear shorts and put your knee on something that's 120 degrees or you know sitting in the sun and you're you're sitting you know on something that's been out in the sun all day or concrete mm-hmm. or dirt or gravel going up your shorts, but I thought that was an interesting topic I haven't heard uh, discussed really. When I worked at the first school district I worked at, we wore shorts, but I mean, we worked on school buses in a pretty nice shop, so yeah. it I was wasn't that big the of a Chevy deal. Dealership, but there was guys who just wore shorts, but I, I really haven't ever really seen it. It really depends on your environment. Yeah. The, uh, I, I just couldn't, couldn't do it. Like, It'd be kind of weird, right? Even doing yard Wearing work. like your eight-inch boots yeah. with shorts. Yeah, you must. probably wear those like eight, five-inch inseam shorts, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I wear my hot pants or whatever. What they call those back in the 70s? Uh, the, the really short oh, shorts. Oh, I don't remember what uh, they called them. Like a basketball player from the yeah. 70s. Yeah, but like even doing yard work, I can't wear shorts. Like weed eating? Hell no. That shit's hitting you in the shins? Fuck. No. Break time. I needed some more water, uh, and I had to go tinkle, but we're back. So what are we going to call this? Segment time. (laughs) Shout out out to listener, uh, Jacob Oliver. Um, so he sent me this question and we're going to really shorten it down for this. Um, basically he wants to know why dealerships i guess any type of dealership right um they're they want five plus years experience versus getting somebody that doesn't have any experience or apprenticeship i don't really have anything on that because i don't know how that side of the company works what do you think well i know some places do ask for uh you know a good amount of experience to even get you hired on even as sometimes maybe an entry or mid-level tech, but I think it really depends on the, it has a lot of factors I think that it goes into. 
because the, let's see, I would say probably what kind of environment the shop is, the specific dealership is needing. Obviously you can't have a shop full of new guys and you, a lot of places don't want to pay to have a shop full of very seasoned 10 plus year experienced mechanics. Yes. So they kind of find the happy medium. I know when I was at the Freightliner dealership, they, uh, kind of, so originally it was a, a dealership group that was bought out by a, um, by a larger company who, I don't know if you know, Roger Penske and the Penske yes. group, they essentially bought the whole dealership group and converted it into a, a one truck brand of dealership. But anyways, it seemed like after they took over, there was a, um, there was a change of a few things. A lot of the personnel stayed the same in the office and the, uh, shop, but it seemed like the personnel from, um, upper management corporate changed and there kind of came with it a little bit of a different environment and a different, I don't know if it's an attitude or, or a way of doing things, but, um, they started hiring guys who they were, they were big on the UTI, uh, tech school. And so they were taking a lot of guys that were fresh out of tech school or still in tech school. Mm-hmm. And they were basically just hiring them left and right. So then our shop was kind of saturated with, uh, inexperienced mechanics who can do a PM, they can, you know, fix an oil leak and they can do a, they can pretty much be left alone to do very minimal, uh, minor work, but it seemed like a lot of the experienced guys ended up turning into babysitters. So there's a happy medium, I think, and a fine line of, of a balance between having a shop full of only mechanics or, uh, experienced mechanics or having only inexperienced. So I don't know the specific dealership group. Do you know if yours previous experience had um, had requirements like that for getting hired on? I think so, but I don't know how. It's been quite a while. Well, like I said, it could change from year to year. Yeah. I mean, obviously during COVID, nobody was hiring, and it was pretty much like a stalemate. And it, you could maybe towards the end after things started kind of opening up and um, people started having a little bit more uh, – mobility from job to job it seemed like you could go anywhere and get paid anything Mm -hmm. for a little while and now it's kind of slowing down again where maybe people may be hesitant to hire somebody who looks like they're a job hopper or looks like they may not be committed to what they're trying to get on yeah so my buddy he's the shop foreman over there Mm -hmm. and he's we've been like going back and forth on when we're going to get him on Cause he is super fucking smart and he has a lot of good input on this type of topic. And, uh, so maybe I won't get too far into it and I'll get him on with us and we'll talk about it. Cause he, the, some of the stuff he's explained to me about it, you know, cause the, now they have a bunch of new guys and he's having a hard time with it because that's all they can hire. Right. That's all they can find. So, you know, he's having to follow up behind these guys while trying to work on something or it's just tough, tough to, it's a tough topic right now. Well, you want the younger guys there, but you also don't want too many of them. So it's almost like you need like two experienced techs to every one inexperienced tech. 
And then even then it still may be feeling like you're getting pulled away from your job to go, you know, show them something or to kind of, you don't want to let them work alone and just kind of clean up the mistakes later. You kind of want to catch the mistakes before they happen, but you can't sit 24 seven over someone's shoulder. Yeah. And then it turns into how long do you do that before you go, okay, uh, maybe this field's not for you. Yeah, exactly. I was just getting ready to say that, like how, <laughs> how, how long do you struggle with it and you know, they can't catch on or. Yeah. Cause it's, I mean, you know, pretty quickly if a young guy's is getting it or not, you know, if he's asking you the same question four times in a row, you're like, Hey, you know, it's, it's not that hard. Figure it out or move on. Yeah. Yeah. It's even me, you know, we just, another part of hiring process is people that say they have experience, say they have experience. Uh, I don't know how to explain it, but well, me and Andy were talking about this on the way over and, um, we both worked with this individual who he probably had 20 years of experience, but to this day, he still shotgun parts every time. It didn't matter. He, he, you know, he's experienced, he's supposed to be seasoned in a senior tech and a lead tech, but you could not ask him to diagnose anything or tell him what was wrong. Like, Hey man, write a story and explain to me why you replace this part. And it would just be like broken, needed new part. Yeah. We, uh, yeah. we just lost. Well, I think he was on his way out anyway, but we hired a new guy and wasn't with us a month and a half. Is that the guy I just saw driving down the road the other day? Mm. When I asked you? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, it was like a month ago. Is yeah. that about how long it might have been him? Yeah. Um, cause, but anyway, he, he he quit. I was we were getting a little hard on him because like when we interviewed him, I sat in on it, and right off the bat, what kind of tooling you got because he came from another construction company. I said you got this type of things like let's just for example three quarter inch one inch. Yeah, I've got you know stuff that I've been using and you know I've got three quarter inch and all this stuff and then when it came down to it, he didn't have shit. Borrowing stuff, borrowing stuff all the time, pissing my other tech off, Stephen, because um, he was always borrowing stuff from him, and you know, he, you can't do that for very he, long. He had an air hammer one day, needed it the next day. Oh well, I don't have the air hammer. I loaned it to a buddy, the pawn shop. <laughs> <laughs> well, was it you had? You didn't have one. You borrowed it. How how did that work? Anyway. And yeah, just, just a fool, to be honest with you. He was good on trucks and stuff, but when it came to equipment, I mean, yeah, he asking questions all the time, which is fine. Ask questions, but right. don't, don't ask stupid ones. Right. Like you're completely ignorant. Well, don't ask the same question tomorrow. And, uh, like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about him. He's a good guy, but yeah, I'm. I don't know. I don't want to say too much because the boss man listens. And but he's down the road. <laughs> yeah, he's down the road. He took off. Um, and, I mean, I didn't feel any, like, Lost. dang it. Yeah. yeah, I didn't feel that. Because, I mean, I was working in the shop the other day, and I had a machine that lost an EGR cooler. One of the worst ones I've ever seen. I thought the goddamn engine was blown. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to get this thing into regen to burn the coolant out oh, of the DPF. and That'll uh, fix it. He, uh, oh, I know. <laughs> uh, that's the only way I could get rid of it, man. But uh, 
he uh, walks up to me. Oh man, is this thing in D rate? It's sitting there running perfectly fine. You know, <laughs> I just looked at him like, but yes, don't do what I was doing. <laughs> well, we had a guy, uh, so on Detroit, uh, DD 13s and 15s, they would have the unfortunate um, event of losing all six injectors and dumping fuel in the exhaust. Yeah, definitely don't do that. And uh, so apparently this was before, um, it was a season tech, this guy who supposedly knew a lot. He put a six-pack of injectors in there, cranks it up, starts it, runs just fine, backs it out of the shop, puts it into a parked region. It had high soot level codes and everything. And, you know, before too long, there was about a six foot flame coming out of the exhaust stack. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, you probably should have checked the one box to see if you had any fuel in there. Cause after that, they, I don't know if it was specifically him, but I know, um, apparently a lot of people had that happen to him and they put in the, uh, in the troubleshooting manual that whatever you do, the first step is to check and see if you have fuel in your after treatment. But so yeah, turned it, into a little flamethrower there. Did it only throw flames or did it cause meltdown or anything? Well, the exhaust was only in the after treatment at that point. Okay. So it was, it, I mean, there was a little bit in the, in the, the down pipe is maybe three feet less 36 inches or so. And then it goes straight into a one box. And I don't know if you're familiar with Detroit, but they have a, a gigantic canister that it's the DOC and the SCR is built in as one. Yeah. And then the DPF you can take out and service. But essentially it just, there was enough fuel in there that once it got lit, it just started making it a flamethrower. So my, I feel good about myself. Yeah. Because coolant's not that coolant's bad. Coolant's not, I mean, it'll make smoke and yeah, it know, did, but it's it choke get, you out there. I've seen coolant get very, very high on the temps too. Yeah. Like your S, uh, DPF outlet temp will get way up there. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a very interesting machine, but it's fixed and I'm glad because I thought. Delete it, bro. You don't need EGR. <laughs> you don't yeah. need a DPF. It was, uh, it was so bad, I swear it had a blown blown motor because it was hydrolocking the what, um What, it was a John Deere? Mm-hmm. What uh, model? Nine liter. Oh, yeah. What do you mean? Uh, engine model? Yeah. yeah, nine liter. But it was so bad, it was hydrolocking the engine. I've never seen one do that. I um, I don't mess a lot with John Deere, but I do have a customer with a John Deere powered generator. And uh, they called me and they were, they were telling me, this is the first time I've ever done work for them. They are telling me, oh yeah, we took it to so-and-so and they told us to take it to deer and they told us that it needed all this stuff. And I went out there and it, it needed an EGR cooler. It was leaking pretty bad, but, um, they were trying to sell them just like everything under the sun. So I cleaned a lot of it and put it all back together, put a new cooler on there and ran it through a, a, a region and everything looked good. And I said, on your way. Yeah. But they keep calling me again after that. So <laughs> yeah, it was a, I ended up having to do a bunch of stuff to it, but uh, burned up the starter because we were trying to get it loaded. Had to get it out of there. Burned up the fucking starter. Uh, it wouldn't stay running or what? No. It was hydrolocking. Oh, you said it was hot. So why were you cranking on the starter? We were trying to get it just up on the trailer, get it out of there. Because at that time, we thought the engine was blown because we did. You thought so you, you were just going to swing a motor, so huh? So we were going to thought we were just going to swing it. Um, well, so it has a venturi on it right and i happened to look down through the top cover and see the venturi it was new oh 
and Somebody I'm like, oh, it's got a new already. EGR. Yeah. I, it's, I was like, it's got a new EGR. So obviously the engine's blown. Well, then I, I dug deeper into it next day or whatever. And it's like, oh, no, that's a Venturi. <laughs> the EGR is original. has 10,000 hours on it. I'm like, holy fuck, we did good on that one. But yeah, it was just a big, long mistake after another. What do you get out of, a, out of a good uh, hour-wise? I know we talked about this before. Depends on who's running it. Yeah. We've got machines with 17,000 hours on it. But I think it's different. I could be wrong. Don't hold me to it. But I think it's different construction versus agriculture hours wise. Right. I feel like you get a, as much as a, a much. Well, ag is probably a lot more steady load. Yeah. As much abuse as I see on construction, we seem to be getting a lot of hours out of them. But I feel like back in the day, like 5,000, 6,000 hours on a green machine, they were like, oh, yeah, that's too, that's too high, man. We're going to start seeing failures, you know, and all this stuff. And I'm seeing, like, high hours on these machines. And, I'm like, these things are still, like, running good. But it also depends on who's operating them and who's taking care of them. My boss is... Not spraying the uh, filters off with... <laughs> break clean. <laughs> yeah, well, my boss is, you know, if a machine comes in or if we, you know, we need to fix something, he says, look it over. If it needs it, replace it. Right, because you you said you operate essentially like you're renting your equipment. Yes. So when it's at the shop or whenever it's getting a lot of work done, just mm-hmm. do it all. Yeah. Dude, I swapped a uh, a nine liter Cummins uh, back in November. It had twenty six thousand engine hours on it, and the truck only had thirty thousand miles. Don't they equivalent? Equivalent. That's a new word. <laughs> equivalent. What's the word I'm looking for? Equivalent. Isn't that like equivalent to like, how do so they, they say, do the math on yeah. that for miles? A lot of people say you should do it by about 40 miles per hour or 45. So that would be quite a few miles wise if it was an over the, over the road truck. But this was a, uh, a wireline truck. So it'd go out on location and just run in PTO right. mode all day in mm-hmm. the same place. Like I said, it only had 30,000 miles on the truck. So, it would drive to where it needed to go and sit there all day, just running 24-7. Yeah, because what the hell is I was watching something on YouTube one day, and a guy bought a retired cop car. Yeah. And it had, like, low miles, but the engine hours were just sky high. And he was like, That's this why is you got to look at, yeah. Equivalent yeah. to, like, 400,000 miles. I'm like. So, let's see. Really? I'll pull out the old calculator because I'm not that smart. <laughs> say 26,000 engine hours, if we're doing it at 40 miles an hour, that'd be a million miles. Holy shit. Right. Yeah. So it maybe that's why I'm so wore out. That. But well, yeah, you think about it. <laughs> but maybe uh, that's why I'm yeah. so wore out. <laughs> when I was looking for service trucks, I would see them all the time. It's like seventy thousand miles, and then you look at the hour, and it's sixteen thousand engine hours or something mm-hmm. like that. Jesus, that's crazy. Yeah. So if you work two thousand hours, roughly, give or take a year, how many years you've been doing it? Fucking too long. Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm about 115 years old right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your work hours add up, equivalent to 40 hours of regular life. Yes. Well, what do you uh, what do you want to talk about? Man, I think I wrote down one more thing. Um, you were saying we um, I'm on all the service truck pages. I know you're only on a couple of them, mm-hmm. but I uh, I enjoy seeing them. I don't. I don't know if you just um, – I I choose when to interact, but oftentimes there's a lot to uh, – if you were looking for it, you could get into some pissy uh, 
cat fights and all kinds of drama and all that. But um, I like to be on there just because I like to see what's going on. But, um, yeah, dude, I've got a buddy who's building a uh, – he's got a shop not too far, and he is doing a reman program with uh, Cummins ISX engines. And he posted that he was selling them. And I went through the comments on that dude's page and it was just like all these people had their own input and had, you know, reason to tell him why it's too expensive or why he did it wrong. And that's the part of social media that I just mm. I hate. So I understand why you're not on a few of them. Uh, hold on. Time out. Like, I don't know. You follow Caterpillar Wrenching, Quentin. Uh-huh. He, he posted that video of the one inch Ingersoll Ran uh-huh. electric gun. And I was the top first comment on there, like, here comes the Milwaukee comments, yeah. you know, with the eyes roll. Yeah. For, first thing out of the gate, this guy's, yeah, because there's so much better, you know, like getting all offended and like, here we go. That's why I did it. Anyway, sorry. But anyways, I, I enjoy being on there, but yeah, there's a lot of, uh, you kind of don't want to get too engaged with that because you could spend your whole life mm-hmm. keyboard warrior being a keyboard warrior over there, just fighting with everybody. But like me and the automotive guys. Yeah. <laughs> you made them butthurt on the uh, TikTok. There. Yeah. <laughs> but I do, um, I think it's a valuable tool. Uh, I'm going to, I added you to that one so you can get on there and Damn post it. up in that service truck page. <sighs> but um, there was, uh, there was someone, this is, uh, I had to tell you about it because you weren't on the service truck page mm-hmm. and people tagged you in it. Sorry. But someone uh, left a post and they were asking, would people be interested in a podcast? And like all the comments were like certified wrench. And like uh, Jason was on there and uh, the guy from Canada, that's the name, Jason, Jesse. Oh, that was on, yeah. on the podcast. Yeah. Oh yeah. Boys. Yeah. Yeah. He was on there and there was a bunch of other people that were uh, commenting on it. So I was, I felt pretty great that, um, even though, uh, shout out to Kenny, he's, a he, he's always on all those service truck pages posting his, uh, summit trucks for sale. And he's got a lot of cool videos. I reached out to him. He said he'd be on the podcast. So I think he'd make a pretty cool, a cool guest. Better than this one. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm boring. Yeah. You two got a good rapport. So like, yeah. I'm, I feel I, like I'm listening to it in my truck. When I had him on his podcast i was like this guy's got to be on because it yeah. was just like it, it we were clicking so there. good yeah. and uh, i'm not a podcast guy like i don't li- i've tried a few in the past and i never could get interested in it. i listened to his and then i went back and listened to all of yours and now i'm like it's, i'm waiting for him to get everybody it's like the guy's like I, a lot of people are like i know you only release once a week but i go on every day and make Check. sure yeah <laughs> See if you put out a bonus episode. So there's a, so speaking of that, there's a podcast I follow on Instagram and they always post clips of their podcast and they're the funniest clips. Like, man, this is such a good podcast. Uh-huh. I got to go listen to it. I went and listened to it. it One dry. of the worst fucking podcasts <laughs> I've ever listened to. Like I'll go back and listen to my own voice. So maybe if we don't post funny clips, then that means that our whole podcast. <laughs> yeah, it just uh, it was so devastating because it was so fucking funny. Like I've yeah. had a few of those. It's yeah. kind of like watching a trailer at the movies. You see the trailer and then you go watch the movie. And you're like, yes. oh, all the good parts were in the trailer. Yes, yes, exactly. Anyway, I. What were we just talking about? Podcast. No. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> social media. Yeah. And stuff, but. Yeah, I try not to follow the 
service trucks page because I get so worked up about people on there and their stupidity and Do the old post and ghost. Just <sighs> post it and get out of there. Yeah, and I think uh, well, I was gonna say we can. Uh, I think we could use utilize that a little bit to uh, grow this a little bit more. Yeah, but at the same time, you you'll. I was thinking about this the other day that um, on that topic of all the people posting about how much they love the certified wrench and everything. I'm mm-hmm. like, I wonder if we do, we have any haters yet? Because oh, I, I was gonna say oh, unless we have haters and we haven't really made it. So if I, we start getting out there and posting and. And that'll tie it back into all the people commenting on uh, my buddy's post about how he's doing his ISX builds wrong and everything like that. They're going to post on there, oh, you don't know nothing, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so it's like we'll we'll actually have uh, officially made it when we have a, a group of haters, I think. I'll probably have haters after my coolant region. Um, no, I did have one like right off like episode five. A guy accidentally messaged me when he was trying to talk shit to somebody like yeah but he, he sent says, it <laughs> he sent it to me i think he was trying to send it yeah. to uh, Sh- uh sheldon keldon stapley the right ravenlock he was trying to send it to him like oh he just needs to get you on this, this show's crap but guarantee you that motherfucker's heard every episode oh right? yeah <laughs> well he obviously yes so i i just thought that was funny i was like you're the dumbest motherfucker man <laughs> excuse my french that's funny though um some people who like you said the ones that are uh, gonna hate on it are gonna be the ones that follow it pretty closely but oh i think it's uh i think it's a good sign that we do have a lot of people who are out there and interested in it and and actually when the topic comes up go out and shout us out yeah um and you know we i've received a lot of topics you know i just happened to read that one out from jacob uh or we kind of just dumbed it down to our whatever, but you know, a lot of people send in topics and stuff and no, we're not, we're seeing everything. We just haven't gotten to them yet. And we're trying to figure out when to work them in, I guess is the best way to put it. Probably just need to put a whole list of it in front of us. <laughs> get type it all out. So yeah. one <laughs> of the, one of the biggest topics that I constantly get all the time and I've answered it multiple times and everybody wants to know what's the best service bed out there. Well, you I, would say maintainer. I maintainers. I'm diehard maintainer now, but there's things I would change about it, but constantly get that. I haven't bought a, uh, I haven't bought a brand new one myself. I've bought used on both of my trucks. My bodies are used, but, um, the, I have seen, uh, the previous place I worked, we bought a brand new Stellar and I was very satisfied with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to get my hands on a couple of new ones. I know IMT, everybody seems to love them. They, um, they seem to have a good reputation. I know maintainers, everybody loves them. You have that positive, uh, what is it called? Positive cabinet pressure or something. Yeah. Like that. It's worthless. Does it keep your moisture out? For the most part. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't see any difference. Yeah. Like, it's supposed to keep the dust, help keep the dust out. But yeah. It doesn't. Um, well, I know there's just features on each one that seem to, uh, kind of stand out above the rest, but I I've seen the summit trucks, dude, they build some awesome trucks. Yeah, you've seen their great. custom ones that you've seen that cab over yes. J and L yes. contracting. Dude, that is a sick truck. If I could have the maintainer bed bigger with an IMT dual joystick controller, 
Oh, I'd be in heaven. On the crane or what? Yeah, for the crane. Because right now I have that yellow brick thing. Yeah. It's not my, like, it's not bad, but it's not my favorite. I had the IMT with the dual joysticks, and you could yeah. do two functions at once, and it was just, I, it was comfy to me. The um, the Stellar, the one that I have now is a little bit older, but the previous, uh, the 2019 model, they had the weight uh, readout, yeah. so you could read your weight on your hook. Yeah. You could, uh, it would tell you all your degrees and everything like that, but Stellar, they've released even a newer one, and you can take your remote where you want to pick up and where your truck's actually at, and it'll tell you if you input your weight of what you're trying to pick up, if it's capable of reaching it before you even undock your boom or anything. So that's pretty cool. And then I've seen they have auto store, uh, so you can, like, auto store your crane. Oh, yeah, and yeah. It goes yeah. back to uh, wherever, you know, back yeah. to where it's mine, supposed to be. Mine has quite a few functions. Not nothing like yeah. that, but I can see everything. I can slow the speed. I can do all kinds of shit. Is yours hydraulic or electric? Hydraulic. Yeah. hydraulic. Mine's electric. It we is, just got is. a little electric. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. 5,500 okay, pounds, but it, I think that's the biggest one at the time. Um, I think I've said it. It's an 07. It moves slow, but it's it lifted pretty good so far. Yeah. It works we don't great. take a ton it's of just, stuff. You don't get in a hurry. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, do you, do you use your crane quite often? Uh, I do. I know a lot. Um, Andy, what do you say? About every 10th job, maybe? Yeah, maybe. Um, if I can find a way around it, I do just because it's so slow. But there's multiple times that I unstow it and do what I got to do and put it up. But, uh, yeah, I don't use it as much as he does for sure. I'll I'll pull it out to lift whatever I have. Yeah. To. I'll, I'll put a jack in the back of my truck, and I'm like, I'm not yeah. lifting this up. If you got it, use it. But his is fast, though. Yeah. <laughs> that hydraulic crane will spin around, and yeah. I'm like. You remember the one on the F-350? Because we, oh. we were in and out of the same truck at the dealership. Yeah. And it had this little crane. um I think it was a, it was a EC thirty two hundred. Yeah, it was barely. It was supposed enough. to lift thirty two hundred pounds, but that was if it was pretty much straight up and on your bumper. Yeah. But once you got out past a little bit of an angle, it wouldn't lift much. And then the last, uh, the last extension was a manual extension, so you'd have to pull it out there. Yeah, and I had to do that several yeah. times. And you could lift like maybe four hundred pounds once it got all the way extended. But uh, one time I pulled the auxiliary gearbox out of a out of a truck and I got it up in the air and it wouldn't pull anymore. <laughs> and I'm like, oh great! So you couldn't just set it back down and reposition. No, I was just like, I'm gonna. I I don't end up. I think I overrode it and just made it work. <laughs> oh, sorry, I accidentally muted you on. <laughs> I was trying to mute his yeah. so I could move his microphone. Yeah, go ahead. But uh, yeah, that one was uh. I said it was a glorified oh, a glorified plumber's truck at the time. We have to pause yet again. Sorry, folks. And we're back. Take it. Well, I know there's um, on a lot of service truck pages and in general, there's a lot of discussion between trucks and equipment. And um, I know some people would never work on a truck and some people would never work on a piece of equipment. And I unfortunately... Uh, I have a bad habit of saying taking yes. on, yeah, saying yes to a lot of things. <laughs> and mostly it's because people want to pay me money. So then I say yes. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't do it for free, obviously. But I had a customer who they wanted some work done on a dozer. And I don't typically work on dozers. But I said, sure, why not? How hard could it be to replace an injector? <laughs> and um, 
Well, I get out there, get to look, and I'm like, well, I need to pull this after treatment out. I think I can pull it without pulling the hood. And then I looked at it, I'm like, the hood comes off real maybe, easy. Maybe you should tell people what you're working on. It's a D6T okay. 2013 model, I think. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, so I pull the hood, pull the after treatment. Uh, that's where my crane comes in handy. Um, it even had the, uh, I think, I don't know if it's standard for the D6, but it had the kind of roll cage or whatever you call that. Rops. Yeah. yeah. On the outside. Um, so I kind of put my crane in between there and picked everything out, got the after treatment out and, uh, I'm sitting on the, on the track and kind of bent over, leaned over, standing on the side. It's like, there's not really a comfortable way to work on that thing. Texting I thought me. about, yeah, I thought about <laughs> hooking a harness to myself and just kind of lowering myself over <laughs> like a little swing, but, yeah. um, yeah, well, I had my certified Cummins parts there. The, uh, Cummins cardboard came in real handy on a Caterpillar machine. So I don't know if that's like sacrilegious or what, <laughs> but, um, I ended up getting this injector in and out and put it all back together, but it was, um, you know, people will complain about working on trucks. I've talked to a lot of equipment guys. I don't know how you feel about it. Um, but it's something simple on a truck and they say, oh, I don't, I don't work on trucks. So I'm equipment only. And it's like, I'd rather, a lot of times I would rather work on trucks, I don't, but I don't, that's what I'm good at. And that's what I'm, I'm, you know, kind of cut my teeth on and that's what I'm in and out of every single day. So yeah. I don't know. I, I don't mind it. I just don't like doing brakes and all that shit. Well, nobody does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know anybody bags. that loves to do a wheel seal and yeah. you know, all that kind of fun yeah. stuff. I did a wheel seal yesterday. Yeah. That won't come <laughs> off my hands. Shit. <laughs> but, um, yeah, at the same time, it's like kind of just pick your, pick your poison. It's not always fun. It's not always sunshine and rainbows. Sometimes you're sitting on a track and, you know, don't have a lot of, I, I need to get me probably some of those uh, thick foam pads to uh, lay on, but I, uh, I've i got a shop crawler that didn't come in very handy there. You got to say it right. A shro- oh, I can't even say it right. <laughs> shop crawler. Is that how he says it? Something like that. But, um, yeah, that uh, I made it happen. Got that machine back running number five injector but the bracket for the after treatment i don't know if you've ever taken that off a lot of times you would think that they would just we'll we'll put the bolts from the top down and you can get to everything they were like putting it upside down why would they do that you can't put a socket on it you have to put a wrench on it and then you can you can't once you break it loose you still can't finger tight it or finger work it out with your fingers (laughs) finger it Uh, yeah but um (laughs) Yeah, it's just, there is, there's, of course, and then on a dozer, I go to pull the valve cover off and I'm like, I need to blow this thing out because if I open this valve cover without cleaning up here, it's just going straight down in the, in the crankcase here. So made a nice dust storm and I I probably should carry a vacuum with me, but I didn't have one. So I've never, I've worked on a handful, like I told you the other day, a handful of cat dozers. But deer, you can flip the cab up. Shouldn't say you can do it on all of them. The double lots you can't, like a seven hundred k, you can't flip it. But seven fifty k, I think you can. Eight fifty k and nine fifty k and ten fifty k's, you can flip the hood or the cab up. And that valve cover, once you get it all unbolted, come right out through the back. Maybe it could. I don't know. I don't work on them enough to no, know the tips not and a tricks. Cat, cat won't no flip. Yeah. 
You have to take the cab off yeah. if you need to. Well, like I said, that could be the tips and tricks that I just don't know about. But to yeah. me, it looked like you couldn't take that valve cover off unless you had that whole bracket off the top. Yeah. So if you have to work on a deer, I'll call you. I'll yeah. just yeah yeah Send Facetime you. you. Walk me walk I'm, me. Through I'm capstone, bro. Yeah. But uh, that was the that kind of reminded me of something that I've thought about here. Um, I know you said you thought about being a like a trainer in a uh, in a dealership setting. Mm. It being uh, that you're not in the dealership anymore, w- this is something I've thought about being independent. Um, I know some places offer classes or or training for certain things that aren't necessarily uh, manufacturer specific. I know diesel laptops, they offer classes on after treatment and on their, um, on their software. And then also just generic classes about electrical diagnostics, AC diagnostics and stuff like that. But, um, have you ever thought of doing a 1-800 independent John Deere help call line? (laughs) No, I'm sure I'll Colton and Yeah. Call Colton and ask him all the questions and then pay him $5 a minute or something like that. <laughs> yeah, Chris Hadley. Because <laughs> um, I, I get calls a, not often. Um, shit, I've called but, you. Yeah, well, I get calls from people who they just want to bounce something off my head, and I don't mind because I enjoy doing that to other people sometimes mm-hmm. um, when I need to know something. But um, the the independent side or outside of dealership, sometimes it's nice to have a a number in your pocket who you can kind of rely on to not necessarily get you out of a pinch, but maybe avoid the pinch. So, uh, I've thought about stuff like independent training or independent repair support or diagnostic support. Um, cause I like, not that I don't love turning wrenches, but sometimes the diagnostic side of it is, um, is the challenge that a lot of people hate doing and it's sometimes the thing that I've got stuck doing. So I'm a, you know, I'm there, call me if you need me, but don't, uh, don't stay too long. Don't abuse it. Yeah. Um, I would totally do it, but because I've been approached through this podcast, like, Hey, can you do like a service advisor class? Right. You know, and teach us. I'm like, right. Deer would be like, no, yeah, maybe not even something specific yeah. like that, but say, hey, we're doing an excavator class, and I'm also previously experienced with uh, these machines it's or something elec- like that. Electric excavator. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, that'd be cool. Maybe we got a business idea going yeah. right here. TM. Yeah, trademark. <laughs> Reserve, all rights reserved. Uh, yeah, that'd be sweet, I think. I don't know. Maybe I can learn something doing it too. Yeah. Well, that's, um, that's something that I enjoy, uh, well, I guess maybe take pride in is sometimes I, uh, even though I do say yes to a lot, I think there are certain times when I know I'm in over my head or I would get in over my head. So I don't even accept it. And, uh, I'm good enough and got a good enough client, uh, base that I don't have to go do everything or try and every time I get a call, I don't have to try and go, you know do whatever, even if I'm not experienced or or good at it. So there's a lot of stuff, maybe not a lot, but there's a good amount of stuff that I turn down and I just say, look, I wouldn't be of any help. I'd waste your time. I'd waste my time. I'd probably waste your money, maybe find somebody else. But I like to have certain people that I can rely on to say, hey, I can't do it, but I know this guy can. Yeah, Yeah, it's always good to have those numbers. Joe used to call me up and 
he'd be trying to diagnose something and be he'd be stumped and I'd never say a word. He would talk himself through it and go, Oh, I just oh, figured yeah. it out. I'm like, All <laughs> right, you're welcome, dude. <laughs> I love doing that. That's awesome. Yeah, because sometimes it's just a matter of uh, getting all the thoughts out of your head. Yeah, sometimes you just need to say it out loud, and then yes. you're like, oh, never mind, I figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, it's, we're at a hour and 27. Let's do it. Are you tired of talking? Um. Yeah. I'm I'm so pumped about this. Uh, sorry, my phone vibrating over here. Uh, this, this season, I don't know why. It just feels different. I'm ready to go. Let's get well, you've got a good following now, and uh, I think you're going to have more. And uh, like I said, I'm not a podcast guy, but I've listened to his episode, and then I really got into it. And I'm kind of like one of those guys. I check it a couple times a week and be like, maybe he just threw something out. Maybe there. he did a bonus. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, don't get don't get yeah, too greedy, guys. I'm just kidding. We'll try and uh, I'm going to stay on top of Colton. Getting hey, let's Giggity. get a let's get a podcast out this week. Let's get a podcast out this week. Yeah. I'm but, always available for a last minute yeah. guest if uh, you didn't hate me. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good, man. Uh, yeah, no, we're gonna try to hopefully, you know, we're I gonna. I know we've got a few in the kind of, and it sucks sometimes because being that we are uh, not always on call, but we're sometimes relied upon on the weekends, mm-hmm. and then you still want to enjoy your weekend. I still want to enjoy my weekend of the time that we do have down. Um, it sucks that sometimes we got to work on the uh, fly sometimes and just kind of make things happen. I wish we could just write out a schedule and say, this is the person next week and next week and next week and next week and uh, just get them all knocked out. But I think we can play it by ear and and get some good episodes out this year. Yeah. Well, we've already got one lined up for next week. Hopefully or within the next two weeks, you know, at least we'll get it released. But, and then the other one, the traveler from California. Yeah. The travelers. Is that, no, the other one. Oh, that's the one I'm talking about. That's the one lined up. Yeah. Okay. Um, Are we going to go to him? What do you think? He uh, comes. Gonna, he said he's going to come to here. All right, let's so. do it. He's in here. Time far. and a date, but I. Uh, yeah, season two. It, nothing's really changed. I mean, what it's been? How many days ago did we do our last one? Uh, last it does feel new, though. It does feel a little different. When was that? Yeah. The Christmas Eve, wasn't it? Yeah, the day. No. Day before Christmas Eve. Oh, yeah. So two weeks ago, three weeks ago. I don't fucking know. I'm lost, <laughs> dude. <laughs> Reset on your brain there. Yeah. I'm, but I just 2023, do you ever uh, Do you ever think like, oh, 2012 was like a couple years ago, and then you're like, oh, that was nine years ago now. I'm going to be. 10 years ago, 11 years ago, whatever it is. I'm counting wrong now. I'm going to be 34 in two weeks, and I'm just like, that sounds so fucking old. I turned 43 Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just weird because I remember like 21 sounded old, you know. Like I'm, I'm going to do whatever I want to. Yeah. And now you're 30, you're 34 and you're like, oh, I got to do everything I have to do. <laughs> yes, yes. But anyway. Responsibilities. I think we should close this thing out, man. And uh, uh, do we still want to try to do a COVID episode? Or are we kind of over the COVID thing? Uh, you know, it. I think there's some funny stories. Like, I have a funny story from COVID. Do I just tell it on the next episode, or do we wait and do like a full on? Let's put a poll up. Yeah, yeah, uh, you're right. Let's put a poll. Anybody who's listening to this, go check out uh, Colton's story or Instagram. We're gonna put up a uh, "Do you want a COVID episode?" And if you have funny stories, or you think you would be able to, even if you call in and and just chat with us for five minutes or so. We may go through like previous guests and we may kind of touch base with them and kind of um, 
just do a, a short catch up and maybe like a, a couple of minutes of their funniest or their most ridiculous story from the time of uh, everything that went down. It uh, It is, you know, 2023, you think 2020, that's three years ago now. And it's crazy because there's still stuff that lingers around from it. Yeah. And people are still, you know, getting sick. We're, we're seeing a spike right now here in Texas. And, um, you kind of wonder, uh, you kind of get the fatigue of, oh, they're talking about this again. But at the same time, uh, you know, everybody went through it and I'm sure the guys in, you know, North Dakota and the uh, places where nobody was around, they just went about work as usual. But, Hey, we've had people on here from Hollywood, so I'm sure they had a a little bit of an experience on there. You can shout them out. Shout out to Mike, <laughs> old Big Castro out there. Um, yeah, I think we can do that. I've got a couple funny stories, but I've also got bad stories from when I had COVID. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I just want funny stories, pretty much. I don't want to be here like, you know, I watched a guy. On a ventilator or something, no. Let's do funny stories like you had to strip naked because somebody was infected next to you or something, you know. I don't know. Are there any stories like that? I've got <laughs> mine. Yeah. Yes. Pressure wash. Just pressure wash the COVID away. My wife scrubbed me down with the wire brush outside. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's uh let's, let's let's get out of this thing. And uh I I still need to record this, but I haven't. Not uh, true. What? The outro. Like, if you guys need to get a hold of me, you can reach me at certifiedwrenchpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> That's good enough. That's good, huh? Uh, all the platforms, you know, uh, certified wrench underscore podcast on Instagram, certified wrench podcast, Facebook, TikTok. My TikTok's growing slowly. Patreon. Yeah, well, I need to get the Patreon going. Um, I think that's it. The website, if you guys want to be a guest or interested in being a guest, probably won't get you on anytime soon, but certifiedwrenchpodcast.com, all the way at the bottom is a contact form. Fill it out. I'll get it. I probably won't send you a questionnaire right away, but I got you. You can find me at Black Flag Services. If you don't feel like Colton is uh, reading your messages, then hit me <laughs> up and I will pass them along and uh, hammer them over the head with them and, and just, I'll make sure that it gets passed along, but uh Black Flag Services, you see me out there, uh, you know, say hi. Do you want people following you on Instagram, Andy? Where sure. can they find uh, you? My Instagram's at andyb98, and I don't have Facebook, so just Instagram. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's it. Call again. Wrap Sounds it up. Good. Peace out, guys. <laughs>